Hi, everyone. This is Melissa. And Kate. And Lainey. And we are the The Louisiana Louisiana Ladies. We are so glad you are here. Check us out on Instagram at Louisiana Ladies Podcast and visit us online at laladies.info. This episode is sponsored by my firm, Falcon Winkler, CPAs and business advisors. We are committed to proactively serving the well-being of our clients to achieve their business goals. We go beyond the numbers to provide personalized service tailored to each client, from outsourced accounting, income tax planning, to retirement services. You can find more information about the firm at www.fw-cpa.com. All right, guys, back with another episode of Louisiana Ladies. It is... Just myself and Lainey today, and uh, we miss our other co-host, Kate, but we are recording over Zoom with somebody that I've known for, I I, I don't know, like five or six years. It's uh, Casey Farlow, who is a registered dietitian, and um, Casey and I met, and we'll kind of go into this. Again, I I don't really remember Casey, but um, (laughs) I've worked with her several times, and I will say this, and I'll probably say this a lot, but I honestly felt my best when I was working with Casey. So, and I've told Lainey this, Casey. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, I've said it over and over again. So Casey, thank you so much for being here. Of course. It's such an honor and a pleasure. And it was so fun to work with you. How long has it been? I think it was like three years ago. Maybe. Like Casey, I've lost all track of time. It was Georgie Brown who used to work for us, introduced us. Like she started working with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's and, when I was seeing one-on-one. I actually, I don't know if you know this, but I started my practice in Baton Rouge. Okay. So I want to talk about that because I yeah. think that whenever we were working together, you might've been in Austin. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I okay. think I was in Austin. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's, let's go way back to the roots. So are you, where are you from? I am from Covington, Louisiana. Okay. Yeah. And I went to Tulane undergrad and grad school. So I lived in New Orleans for a while. And then I met my husband. We moved to Baton Rouge because that's where he's from. Um, and I worked for LSU Ag Center actually for a couple years in their nutrition. So I worked for the FNAP program and had nutrition educators under me and we would go into underserved communities, teach nutrition education. It was actually really fun. Um, but I got really sick. Um, And I remember coming home one day and my husband was just like, you're not doing this anymore. Like you can't keep going like this. I want you to start your practice. It was always my dream to do so. So that's when I kind of like put in my two weeks notice at LSU Ag Center and I started Theory Health, which was my original private practice. And I really did all functional medicine. So I was doing hormones, gut health, micronutrients, mold toxicity, all kinds of things. Um, And then over the years, I've niched into hormones specifically for women um, and weight loss and metabolism um, over the years. I even did neurological diseases for a year and specialized in Parkinson's. I've kind of been all over the place, but I've always been doing hormones and it's always been something I've been really passionate about, especially because women were coming to me doing so many restrictive diets, right? They were doing like ideal protein or Optavia and like completely wrecking their metabolism and hormones and coming to me like, I don't understand. I did this diet. I lost all this weight and now I'm gaining so much more and I feel horrible. My hair's falling out, all of these symptoms. 
I'm like, we have to present a better way for women, right? I mean, we have to provide a way that's going to keep them healthy, keep their metabolism healthy, keep their hormones healthy, but they can still have, you know, body composition goals if they desire. There's no shame in that, right? Um, and it's actually good for your health to not have too much adipose tissue, which creates systemic inflammation. I can go on and on about that. Um, so anyway, I became like so passionate about giving women another option to weight loss that was more functional medicine based, right? Like looking at hormones, looking at gut health, looking at micronutrients, um, and not just putting you on a crazy restrictive diet that's going to ultimately make you feel like crap, right? And I don't know, I know in Baton Rouge, like Optavia, I think it's Optavia is really popular. Is that Optavia? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, it was, um, I thought you said Octavia, but I think Octavia, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe, uh, maybe <laughs> I don't know. I have a memory of being in high school and my mom doing it. And I, all I know is that it was really expensive for her to get all these little packets. And I don't think she felt great on it. Well, so that one's popular probably, I mean, so back when, probably when I started working at the firm, another big one, because the gym I went to actually had the program was ideal protein, mm -hmm. which I kind of feel like a lot of these diets are kind of the same. And there's this, you know, I, I, I'm not a scientist, but you know, there's, and I don't know if there's true science, but like ketosis and all of those types of things, I've never, ever been able to do that. <laughs> because I well, don't, no I, I mean, it just, I, I don't really feel good, but, um, I, I want to kind of talk a few specifics about hormone health, but one of the things that Casey, you know, when I worked with Casey, it was coming to her from, um, just like, I just kind of, I'm gonna say clean up my diet and that sounds cliche, but I just felt like I wasn't feeling my best. I remember Casey, when we were working together, I was still struggling with insomnia, I was super stressed. That's why I think it was like a couple of years after I became a partner, probably three or four years after I became a partner. And that was really what I was trying to get a handle on. And, you know, when I first, I've, I've talked to other, and I don't even know if I want to say dietitians because I feel like there's certain certifications and you, you know, you went to Tulane and you have an education. I'm not trying to discredit other people, but I, I just, I don't know the difference, but when I came to Casey, she wasn't like, okay, well, you know, you need to be on 1200 calories a day and you need to exercise an hour a day. In fact, she was one of the ones, Lainey, <laughs> that told me told you to eat more, huh? and I cannot work out at a high intensity level six days a week. And I will tell you, Casey, you had told me this thing and I don't know if you remember, but I have repeated it, right? You told me, you said, Melissa. I was doing orange theory at the time and there's no knock against orange theory. I was just doing it wrong. I was doing it five to six days a week. Okay. And Casey looked at me and said, Melissa, when you were running on that treadmill at orange theory, your body does not know if you're running from a treadmill or if you're running from a bear. Okay. It just knows you're running. So then when you proceed to get off the treadmill and then you go to work and you continue to be high, strong and stressed out, you never get into something like parasympathetic nervous mm -hmm. system. She's like your cortisol yeah. without seeing your blood work is high all day long. Well, you're probably yeah. constantly in fight or flight. That's exactly what she that. said. So yep, your body, yep. and then you just do it over again. So she was one, I've had several people tell me this, Casey. I mean, I've gotten better. Okay. It's a work in progress, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but that really, that stuck to me because mm -hmm. society makes you feel like the more that you work out and the more that you put your body under stress and duress, the more results you're going to see. And you have somebody like me who was doing all the things 
and then getting incredibly frustrated. And I'm not really into, you know, I've talked on the podcast that I had, you know, I, I didn't have a healthy relationship with food. So the listeners are aware of that. So when I came to see you, it was not really to lose weight. It was just to start mm-hmm. to feel better overall. So my point of that is part of what Casey taught me was don't always eat the low fat food. Like your body needs some fat for your hormones. Like, and so when I worked with her, I took pictures of all my meals and like, seriously, I did towards the end of it. I was trying to make them look like really pretty. <laughs> yeah. You became like more intentional about it. Right. And that's yeah. so important. So and let's so, like, kind of talk all... about that. Yeah. Let's just yeah. talk about, yeah. and like, you know, obviously I don't want you to give away all your free content, but your passion for hormones it's very obvious on your Instagram that you are very passionate about it. And also I feel like most women either aren't educated or are being told the wrong thing. So right. kind of walk us through, right. you know, just some basics on hormones and some of the impacts that it can have on your body. So first of all, we all have this kind of stress resiliency bucket, right? So we can all handle a certain amount of stress. Exercise is a stress, under eating is a stress, your work is a stress, your relationships are a stress. But when that bucket starts to overflow, it creates a cascade of hormone issues, right? You have an increase of cortisol, you have a decrease in progesterone, you have an increase in estrogen. Like all of these things get out of whack that affect your metabolism and just how you feel overall, right? So one of the biggest things with hormone balance is building your stress resiliency, your body's capability to handle stress, right? Because we can't get rid of stress. So how do we do that? Well, first of all, you have to take some of the things out of your bucket, right? For you, it was the HIIT workouts every single day. The research supports if you are going to do HIIT workouts, there's nothing wrong with HIIT workouts. There's actually a lot of benefit to that in Orange Theory and whatever, but you need days of recovery in between. Otherwise, it damages your, um, what do you call them? (laughs) Mitochondria. Like what are those things in your cells? Um, It damages your mitochondria. It can increase cortisol in a negative way, right? It actually decreases cortisol if you do it the right way. If you do it every other day instead of every day, give your body adequate breaks. So anyway, it's like, what can you take out of the bucket, right? Or how can you delegate things in your life? Getting your stress resiliency higher is probably the number one way to balance your hormones. Okay. Right. So so I like, I like that in theory, how hard is that to put into action? Yeah. So There's so many things that impact stress resiliency on a biological level. So your minerals are big, your magnesium, your potassium levels, your sodium levels, your gut health plays into that stress response and HPA axis, Um, your inflammation, your blood sugar control. These are things that are in your control, right? That improve your ability to handle stress. Blood sugar is also one of those number one root causes. I can't tell you how many women have insulin resistance and have no idea that they do. And it's creating systemic inflammation and affecting all of their hormones, right? One way to know if you have insulin resistance is to look at an A1C. You want that number to be 5.2 or below. Okay, that's just that an just easy way to know. regular blood work? You go get Regular that blood work. work. Just okay. ask for an A1C. Um, inflammation is an, also a big driver um, of reduced stress resiliency and hormone imbalance. So how do you reduce inflammation? Well, first of all, you can see if you have inflammation by looking at a CRP, C-reactive protein, and you really want that number to be under two, okay? Every single lab, all the labs that I look at for my women, like women in my program, their blood sugar is a mess and they're inflamed, like literally probably 95%. And they had no idea. 
you know, they're like, my doctor said I was completely normal, but I feel awful. And I'm like, well, of course you feel awful. If you have blood sugar instability and you're inflamed, you're going to feel awful, right? If you're going on a blood sugar roller coaster throughout the day, it's going to make you brain fogged, anxious, fatigued, not being able to sleep well, all kinds of issues with that, right? And so there's five. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll say there's five root causes of hormone imbalance. Like I talked about there's nervous system dysregulation, which we talked about with stress resiliency, blood sugar, instability, inflammation, gut health, and micronutrients and minerals, right? If you can get all of, and they all impact each other too. Like your blood sugar impacts your stress response. Your blood sugar impacts your gut health, right? So you have to look at all pieces of the puzzle when we talk about hormone balance, because if you're missing any of them, you're not going to fully heal. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So normally, you know, I feel like if somebody goes, and also Casey, did we say the name of your new, it's not theory health. It's what is it? So my handle, so my, I think my best um, social media platform is probably Instagram because okay. I love stories and getting to know you guys and getting questions and things. So it's at hormone.weightloss, one okay. word. Um, and then I'm also on TikTok. TikTok's also a big one for me. Um, okay. So yeah, those are my, those are my handles. Yeah. So, and I will say, if you follow Casey, you do, you do give really good content on those stories, you know, like that's very educational stuff. Like, how do you know if you're estrogen dominant? And then like you list all these symptoms and you're kind of like, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe that is me or whatever. So, okay. So if somebody comes to you, right. Is the first, I'm assuming, you know, you do like an intake form and try to get some information about that client. But it's most of the time, since you're dealing with women and hormones is the, one of the first things you're going to do is you're going to go have them get specific labs or maybe even mm-hmm. that Dutch test that you talk mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I love to do standard labs because those are the root cause issues of the hormone issues. Like your hormones are really just the surface level issue. They're not the root cause of your symptoms. The root cause of your symptoms is, is your blood sugar unbalanced? Are you inflamed? How's your gut health? You know, all of those pieces of the puzzle that we talked about. So labs are really the first step. What is your A1C? What is your CRP? How's your vitamin D levels? You know, those micronutrients that are so important as well. And then if we need to kind of go deeper, we can do a Dutch hormone test, which I and it's the most comprehensive hormone panel that exists. Mm -hmm. So it looks at all of your sex hormones, your cortisol, a bunch of, um, oats tests where we look at like specific inflammatory markers and gut health markers. And they've actually improved the Dutch test a lot or added things to it since I think you did it. Um, but the Dutch test is really valuable to get a good snapshot of what's going on with you hormonally and what's driving your symptoms. But ultimately we want to look at those labs because again, those are the root problem, right? Yeah. Um, except for the cortisol piece, of course, because we can't test that in blood work. I mean, you do have to have like a specific test for cortisol and stress resiliency and things. Is this Dutch test? That's like a take-home type test, right? Mm -hmm. Or do you have to Yeah. Yeah. Like you can order it online and do it yourself. Um, It's significantly more affordable to go through a provider like me. I think I'm like $200 off what you would pay um, if you went through them. But yeah, you can do it on your own, right? I mean, you can be empowered to even have labs on your own now. I mean, there's companies that you can just order these labs and not have to go through your doctor, like begging to have a full thyroid panel. Like a lot of physicians just don't want to run that lab because your insurance won't cover it. So they're trying to look out for your best interest, but 
you know, if you want to go deeper first, be empowered to ask your doctor about these things, but also you can get these labs done on your own. You don't need to go through a physician or you could order it through a dietitian or something like that. Um, that's willing to go a little bit deeper with you. Yeah. And I think that that's, I think that's where, because of what your, your, your education and your certifications, you're able to do that. You're able to look at the blood work. I mean, I'm only looking at the blood work as just your normal person. That's not a doctor in the medical field. And what I'm looking at is whatever my result is. And then normally like the next column is what your range should be. And then like the next column is if you're out of range and that's kind of what you're looking at, you know, other than that, you don't really know. I mean, the reality is I wouldn't really know. I'm, I'm, I'm totally relying on what that lab is giving me. And actually I got blood work done a couple of months ago and I decided to do my own research on it in terms of what's a normal level. And I, you know, again, it was a Google search, but what, what I came up with is that different labs have different thresholds depending on the lab. I'm not exactly mm -hmm. sure why I never got to that, mm -hmm. but like, for one lab, you know, your thyroid could be, and I'm not, I, I don't know the numbers, but I'm gonna say like five to 10 or something. Another one, it could be six to 12. And it really mm -hmm, just kind of mm -hmm. depends. And then you can kind of falsely fall into this normal range. But I, I do want to, I do want to go back to when you said be empowered. I've talked about this before on the podcast mm -hmm. and I feel like we, and, and maybe men fall into this category too, but so often we end up going to the doctor and they're really trying to probably calm us down. But the reality is that, you know, your body and you know, when something isn't right. And, and can you overthink something and go down the Google rabbit hole? Yes. And I feel like if you overthink something and go down the Google rabbit hole and the doctor tells you you're fine, and then you no longer have those symptoms, then that was a mental that was a little bit more of a mental reaction to whatever was going on. But if you, if you continue to have those symptoms, something is going on, you know? Yeah. And I There's was a saying, fine line, I think between like the functional medicine route of like, everything's wrong with you. And here's a million supplements. And then the other side is like, nothing's wrong with you. And we can't help you. I think you have to kind of find that middle ground of like, I had a call yesterday with a potential client and she's like, I've been diagnosed with leaky gut and candida and estrogen dominance and low progesterone and like so confused and scared. And I'm like, listen, all of these issues are related and they all have the same root cause. Okay. It doesn't mean you're dying. Of course you should get medical clearance to make sure nothing is seriously wrong with you. But I think like sometimes if we go the functional medicine route and I, I don't know if you guys have gone to like an MD that's in functional medicine, but they tend to like want to diagnose you with everything and put you on a million supplements, which also is not the solution, right? Because you're not working on the root cause. You're just band-aiding it again. Okay. They're just, they're just going a different route as opposed to putting you on like prescriptions. Yeah, exactly. Or, or it's like the same of kind of thing, right? But they're putting you on supplements instead of medication, but it's still not working on those root causes. And the reality is a lot of physicians don't know, understand the root causes because they weren't taught that stuff in medical school. Yeah. Um, like I have two good friends of mine that are OBGYNs and they don't know anything about hormones. Nothing. They didn't even know like blood sugar. One of them didn't know blood sugar was related to hormones. I'm like, well, why do you think you treat PCOS with metformin? That is like an insulin sensitizer. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, and it's not their fault. Like they're in the business of saving lives, right? Like they're delivering babies, doing surgeries, saving lives. Right. But they're not really taught about the run of the mill chronic symptoms. Right. Well, like, 
And if you go back to just, I mean, you know, I have no problem pointing the finger at insurance companies. I find that insurance makes it, I mean, truthfully, I have a, I, I, I like my OBGYN and she's very patient and she explains things to me, but you know, she's still at the, I'm gonna say Becky call it insurance. Right. And that's ultimately where I hate to say it. It kind of makes you question just medicine in general, but then also put myself in their place. And some, if a really good doctor to me is going to be frustrated with insurance to a certain extent, but then they also have to look out for your best interests. Right. And so, you know, I just, I, and I think that they are so they're, they, they have such limited time with each patient. And that's why I think having someone like you or someone else that might not be full, you know, but it's a nice little balance, but like, you're going to take the time to get to know the person. What else mm-hmm. is going on in your life that might be causing some of this? Are you going through a traumatic event? Your cortisol is probably going to be pretty high. If you're going through a traumatic event, I would assume, you know, if you're stressed, if you're, if your stress is, is really high at that particular point. So, you know, I, there's, don't get me wrong. I love, if I have a sinus infection, I will try to treat it myself. No, they're, they're wonderful. So, they I want a so... steroid shot. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to hate on physicians at all because they're so valuable and really save lives every day. Right. Um, but chronic conditions. Yeah. Chronically they can't, and they can't, they don't have the time is right. really like you pointed out. It's like, they don't have the time to educate they don't have the time to teach you how to turn on your parasympathetic nervous system. And truthfully, they probably don't know how to do it. Right. But that's like one of the most important things um, for optimized health is regulating your nervous system. But they don't have time to teach you all these things, your gut health, your blood sugar management, like how to do that. They just put you on metformin instead because that's going to help. But ultimately, it's not working on the root cause. Right. And if you go and very off of often, it, yeah, go ahead. What'd you say? If you go off of it, then you're probably going to have the same symptoms, right? Right. You're going to have to stay on it for life if you want to avoid the issues. And same with birth control. It's like birth control is handed out as the, you know, way to balance your hormones. And that's completely inaccurate. I mean, birth control suppresses all of your natural hormones, makes, you know, your life pretty miserable for a lot of women. Like if messes your metabolism up. It messes your mood up. You're going to have increased anxiety typically. Um, I mean, there's just so many issues around that, right? It shouldn't ever be used as a treatment for hormone imbalance, right? I mean, it's just, it's actually creating a hormone imbalance because it's suppressing your hormones so that you don't get pregnant. I mean, that's the point of it, right? Right. Um, But so many women don't understand that like your estradiol, your progesterone, or they're so important for creating neurotransmitters, for creating GABA, your calming neurotransmitter and serotonin, your mood boosting. I mean, it's like all of these hormones are so integral in your mental health as well. Um, so anyway, so your <laughs> protocol is typically trying to fix your hormones or, or get to that. I'm going to say homeostasis. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's the right word. That but- is the perfect word. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you hit on the nail on the head. <laughs> Of homeostasis, your body knows how to come back to homeostasis, which is like balance, right? It knows how to do it, but we have to set up your biology for it to do that, right? And sometimes this has to, your brain has to get out of the way, but you have to support your blood sugar. You've got to reduce inflammation. You've got to support gut health. All of these things are going to set your biology up to be able to come back to homeostasis. And it's more than just your diet. And by me diet, I don't mean dieting. I mean, what you are eating, right? It's the way whole... more than what you were eating. It is okay. what you're thinking. It is what you're 
exercise. I mean, a lot of things play into it, right? I am a huge fan of neuroplasticity and learning how to regulate your nervous system because I'm telling you about 90% of the issues are related to sympathetic nervous system being on overdrive because of just the way our society is set up, right? Like we're working all day. We're around screens all day. We have money stress. We have emails popping in. There's so much going on. We're not getting enough sunlight. You know, I mean, so many things in our environment are not set up um, for nervous system regulation. I'm sure you guys can relate to that. Um, most of my clients tell me that as well. And myself, um, I have to have neuroplasticity as a daily practice in order for me to maintain my business. I mean, there is no way I can build my stress resiliency, even through just nutrition. I mean, I need daily practices around balancing my nervous system. So um, can you give us yeah. just a snippet yeah. of what that entails? Yeah. So one easy thing you can do, and I find the most approachable is just doing like a 10 minute body scan. So just focusing on feelings of touch is a great way to turn on that parasympathetic nervous system. This is what the Zen Buddhist masters do, but we're not taught like how to do it. And it's so easy. I mean, all you have to do is focus on touch and it's not about getting rid of your thoughts. It's just refocusing your mind over and over again. And right? I feel like it probably takes body. practice. It probably takes some practice. practice. Of course, of course. But you might notice if you stick to doing 10 minutes a day for a week that you significantly have more energy and feel better, even mm -hmm. just 10 minutes a day. But then you get better and better and better at it. And you notice your thoughts more throughout the day. Like you notice your monkey mind and what it's telling you all day. And you get better at redirecting it, right? Because that's really powerful for your health. Because your body's always listening to monkey mind and it's responding to it, right? I listened to this podcast. It's called seven good minutes. They do it every single day. And I'm like, everybody has seven minutes to listen to this. And they always give snippets of like Ted talks and all different kinds of topics, but they always do mindfulness Mondays. And I listened to it in the car on the way to work. And they always talk about like picking things to focus on and appreciate and look at and mindfulness and meditation and things like that. And those simple techniques that they talk about make me feel so much calmer and like just starts my day on the right foot. And I've just noticed a really big improvement in my mental clarity since listening to that. So the, the body scan though, let me ask you this too, Casey, that do you think that's, it's only 10 minutes, but is there a better time of day to do that? You could do it anytime, anywhere. You can do it in traffic. You can do it when you're in line waiting for something. That's actually the best time to do it. Cause it's usually when you're the most stressed. Um, so focusing on feelings of touch in your feet when you're in a meeting, I mean, you can literally do this anytime and bring your body back to parasympathetic nervous system response. Yeah, right? that's, uh, I, I think that's really powerful because I think the last time my body was in parasympathetic mode was when I was in Hawaii in June. <laughs> Sorry, Casey. <laughs> Listen, you are not alone. Okay. And it's not your fault. It's society is the, is the main driver of this, right? I mean, we're taught as women that you should be go, go, go to be successful, to run a business, to be able to do it all, quote unquote. Um, but I've reached burnout so many times in my life that I had to adjust. Like it, my body was like, no way. Like you cannot keep going like this because most I was just like you, you know, I mean, I was doing hit workouts all the time and I was under eating and I was, you know, I mean, all those things overstressed with work. And I had to like completely put the brake on and reevaluate my whole life. Um, and that's when I was having all the hormone issues I was having. 
and how I learned the research and how to truly heal and what I'm able to share now. Um, but you're not alone. I mean, this is like an epidemic. Every single Dutch test I look at has dysregulated cortisol. I mean, literally every woman, I look at their cortisol and I'm just like, what is wrong with this picture? Right? Like this is an epidemic. We have burnout, just like flat cortisol. And well, and, and truthfully, yeah. I think part, so, you know, Casey, uh, since we haven't connected in a while, I've been doing presentations on boundaries in the workplace, setting boundaries, you know, understanding, accepting boundaries of others, which is, you know, cause I'm not a dietitian. I don't know anything about hormones, but you know, that to me, one of, one of the things I talk about is there's barriers to that. And it is society right now. I mean, you are accessible at all times and you are expected if you are accessible, you are expected to perform at some level, whether it's being a mom, it's being a caregiver, it's being a business owner, it's being an employee, whatever, whatever it is, you are expected. And you have to almost get to the point where you're like, I, I got to a point where I was really, it was probably about two years ago. And I was like, I can no longer keep waking up at three o'clock in the morning and function. That is great that somebody can do that. Melissa Torito needs seven to eight hours of sleep minimum. And if I get less than that, I'm not a happy person. Like my whole team knows that I haven't gotten a lot of sleep. Like I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm not a happy person, but it, it takes. And I think this is one of the things that you stress to people that's hard for us to, to commit to like, why do we put, we put so much energy into our career and so much energy into doing all these other things? Why can we not put that same amount of energy into ourselves? And I can tell you, I think one of the reasons is because we inherently feel guilty. And inadequate. And like, if I have space on my calendar, I have had to learn to, this is one of the things I talk about in my presentation. I've had to learn that no, if I have space on my calendar to go get my hair done or to leave work early to read a book, I'm still performing at a very high level and I am still going to be successful. And guess what? I'm not actually saving lives. Okay. I'm not actually a doctor. We're just doing retirement plan stuff, you know? So, um, I, but you're right. It's, it is, it, it's a big thing with society, you know, because we are expected. I mean, now, People can see my calendar at work and it's like, oh, well, Melissa has an opening here. Let me just stick something in there. It's like, well, you know, I might have to go to the bathroom or like, or, you know, get something to eat at some point. Um, mm -hmm. So it's just, it, it is tough, but I think if people can come to the realization, like it's going to take some work, but just like anything, you will feel so much better. And then you probably don't even realize, I bet you a lot of people don't even realize how bad they feel right now. They're so oh, yeah. used to it. Yeah. I would agree that I think people are so used to being in this state of mm -hmm. high stress and in that fight or flight that that's just, they're normal. Yeah. I did want to ask you, you were talking about balancing your cortisol levels. I started taking ashwagandha because mm -hmm. I heard that that was good I for that. It. And I don't know if that was yep. something you recommended or if that has like scientific backing to actually help with that. Yeah, there definitely are good studies on ashwagandha and many other adaptogens. I usually recommend a combination of adaptogens to get the okay. best effect. Um, there's a supplement called Cortisol Calm by Pure Encapsulations, which is one of my favorites. It has ashwagandha. It also has meridial rosea, um, L-theanine, which is from green tea that's really calming, and magnolia bark um, that is also really calming. So that's one that I... <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Really funny story. I put it in my husband's supplement protocol and then I took it out for a few weeks you and I noticed you guys such a difference. <laughs> it was so funny. I'm like, okay, you're like way more irritable. And so I put it back in and I swear to you guys, like it was unreal. What a difference it makes in his mood. So um, I love that brand pure. And mm-hmm. I think it's just pure, right? Pure encapsulations. Pure encapsulations. Yeah. They might be just pure now. I don't you, know. You introduced me to that. Casey introduced okay. me to, and I am also a big proponent. I know, you know, one of the things you talk about is trying to get those micronutrients. One of the things Casey also told me, sorry, Casey, like see how much you like impact people, you know? I'm so happy that you remember these things and they stick with you. That makes you really happy. We were talking about like a banana or something. And she was like, nobody is going to become obese from eating a banana. Okay. Like she's like, I think I like hit a nerve with you when I said that, like probably just from industry, like, you know, banana has so many carbs, but one of the things you said is I can't stand it when people stay away from fruit because it has carbs, because there are so many good, really good quality micronutrients and you're missing out on those. Right. But the yeah, other- those micronutrients feed your good gut bacteria. They provide minerals for blood sugar balance. They, you know, I mean, there's just so many benefits to those polyphenols and micronutrients in fruit that you're really missing if you just leave out all these fruits. I mean, yeah, you should probably have more low glycemic fruits than high glycemic fruits um, just to balance blood sugar, but there's the right way to eat it, right? Do you remember what I taught you about how to not have naked carbohydrates and how to do that? Protein, carbs, and fats. Yes. CFC. So making sure you hit protein and you have fat with the banana, right? That's right. going to help stabilize your blood sugar. But that does not mean you should be scared and avoid bananas. Um, but diet culture has taught all of us that bananas are terrible. So my clients will go eat a chocolate bar before they will eat a banana. I mean, it's that like deep fear of bananas that has been proliferated through diet culture. Yeah. But you did teach me, you were like, if you want a banana, eat the banana, pair pair it with a protein and make sure you have a fat. So like one of the times I remember, um, I'm right. Again, these specific memories I have, Casey, it's so weird. You would think I would be in homeostasis all the time with everything you taught me, (laughs) but listen, it is a journey for the rest of your life and it ebbs and flows. Right. And you have to have constant reminders of what to do. Yeah. I Um, like that. And that's one thing I have a hard time realizing is like, it is a journey. Like I'm never going to, it's, you know, it's a journey and to appreciate that. But I think I was eating like the 0% Greek yogurt and you were like, try getting a 2% for hormone balance. And so she actually, I will say this, Casey, I'm not sure if you still have this, but um, I think it was on Instagram. If you went to maybe your website, you could enter in your email address and get like a snack guide. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have a free snack guide. If you go to my Instagram, the link in the profile, actually, I think I just deleted it, but I'll put it back on there um, today. So you can go back because I had like too many links and it was just getting to be crazy. But I um, I still have that. It's printed out in a binder. And so whenever I start to like, yeah, whenever I start to like, be like, oh, what what snack can I get? There was like 50, like PFC for hormone. That's what Casey called it. PFC for hormone balance and stuff like that. Um, But I did say, you know, I think you also taught me about magnesium, which I had never paid attention to magnesium. And now I tell everyone that everyone is magnesium deficient. Pretty much 75% of us are. Did you watch my stories this morning? Cause I literally was talking about magnesium. No, no, I haven't seen it, but I mean, I tell everyone like so many people are like, well, what magnesium do you take? And I really, 
I like the, the pure encapsulations has a magnesium that like, doesn't, it's the kind that like, doesn't upset your stomach. And it really helps with sleep too. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I've got a little bit of a supplement routine at night, ashwagandha, but I might try that other thing you said and magnesium mm-hmm. and zinc. And that has not cured my insomnia, but I've also noticed that, and I've tried to recommend this to other people, but I have a Kindle and it's got like the, I got my husband to get me the one that has like the warm amber light. So like, it's not emitting mm-hmm. that blue light. Mm-hmm, so one mm-hmm. of the reasons why a lot of people can't sleep is because our anxiety starts to kick up. Right. I feel like in addition to being stressed over whatever you're stressed, now you're stressed that you're not sleeping. It's like a double whammy. Right. And you're like, it's three o'clock in the morning. I've got 10 hours of, you know, again, society, I've got 10 hours of stuff to do. So I do read that Kindle and it's, it's a mind thing. It gets my mind off of it. I'm reading a, a novel. I mean, it's low light. I make five minutes, may, maybe takes me five minutes and I go back to sleep almost immediately. Let's talk about sleep. Cause this is really important for yeah. everyone. Yeah. I love talking uh, about how sleep. to improve quality sleep. So first of all, I'm a big fan of HRT like hormone replacement therapy as we get into forties, fifties, or even late thirties, to be honest, um, because that progesterone and estrogen is so critical for melatonin production. And I find that when women start HRT, it completely changes their sleep. Like they regulate really fast. Like they're tired. So what's the, yeah. What's the difference between HRT and like birth control? Those are just Yep. So HRT is bioidentical hormone. So not synthetic hormone like birth control. So birth control suppresses your natural hormones, whereas like doing a bioidentical estradiol and progesterone is your natural hormone. It is what your body recognizes as its own, right? So women respond much better to those types of um, hormone replacement. So yeah, I mean, perimenopause, menopause, even I'm telling you late thirties, we see progesterone start to go down. Um, And progesterone is needed to create GABA, which is your calming neurotransmitter. And women take progesterone at night because it makes you sleepy, (laughs) right? So if you're low in progesterone, you're going to have more insomnia and things like that. Um, Interesting. But there are other things to try. I mean, I would try the body scan at night. So I would do a 20-minute body scan like when you're done with work to really start to settle your nervous system. Also getting morning sunlight in your eyes really important for melatonin production at night. Um, the magnesium glycinate, cortisol calm, serifos is another one I really like. Um, it's phosphatidylserine that can help calm your amygdala in the evening. But really like neuroplasticity is probably your best and considering HRT if you're in like your 40s, 50s. Um, okay. A lot of research on HRT now that's really beneficial for reducing Alzheimer's risk, improving bone health, reducing coronary events. I mean, just many, many different benefits. So HRT though, do you get that at a doctor's office? So you have to go. Yeah. Okay. You just, yeah. So you can talk to your OBGYN or any physician about it. Um, and they'll run labs to kind of see what your levels are and you can ask for bioidentical estradiol. It's a patch easy. I mean, you can also do capsule, Um, but you can just, you know, put on a patch every other day, or I think it's like twice a week, um, to get your estrogen levels up and that's going to help serotonin production. I mean, it helps your mood. It acts as an anti-anxiety. I mean, it's, there's a lot of good research on it now, but you don't want your estrogen to be too high and have estrogen. There's a fine balance, right? But most women in their forties are having a decline in all these hormones, right? Because we're headed toward ovarian failure. Like it's a normal part of our existence. Um, We weren't really made to thrive in our 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s, right? 
um, because of this. And like when we get out of childbearing age, a lot of these things start to decline and to enhance quality of life. I've just seen it over and over with my clients and even myself, um, that it's greatly beneficial. So interesting. Okay. So, um, let's talk really quick about some of the programs that you have. I do believe that you do groups now. I say do groups. That's very, that's very official, but you have groups. Can you talk a little bit about that? Healthy Hormone Weight Loss is a small group coaching program. So I usually have between like 10 and 15 ladies, but even though it's a group program, I provide a ton of personalized support. So I'm looking at food logs every day. Like I am commenting on your food log every day and making tips to improve it, right? Um, There's a 12 module course that goes through. Like I want you guys to know more than your doctors do about hormone balance and gut health. Like, I want you to be really empowered to know what are optimal labs versus just normal lab values okay. and what to ask for, what to even ask your doctor for, right? And to feel empowered to do that. Do you only um, so one, a 12-module course, yeah. No, oh, I'm sorry. Do you only one run one group of those at a time? No. So typically I'm enrolling um, every month and a half. I start a new group. Um, so I'll have like two usually running at once. And then I have my Healthy Hormone Society, which is those that have graduated my course or, um, the program. And those are, you know, my clients that have been really successful and like want to continue the journey and have that accountability. So usually I have around like three groups running at once. Okay. Um, and that information is on your Instagram, right? Oh yeah. You can learn more more about it and you can book a free call with me to chat about what's going on with you. Um, and we can kind of decide what would be the best option. Um, because if I'm not a good fit, there's somebody else that will be, and I can guide you in the right direction. There's so many dietitians that specialize in so many different things. Um, so I can make sure you're in good hands too. Okay. Um, so what do you recommend? Okay. So you said hit workouts every other day and you said you got to give your body time to rest. And so when you mean rest, do you mean, I joke with people about this when somebody tells me to rest, I'm like, excuse me, you're going to have to like, give me a checklist of what that means, please. (laughs) Uh, I'm assuming you mean like you could do an active recovery day, walk, maybe even yoga. That's not overly strenuous. Do you do yoga, Casey? I do all the time. Yeah. Okay. So yoga is probably my main workout. (laughs) Okay. I usually sandwich a hit workout in between two days of yoga. Okay. And I used to be a yoga teacher full time. I don't know if you know that. Oh, I don't know if I knew. So, you know, yoga is one of those things. So we'll bring it back to me for a second. Yoga is one of those things. It is so hard for me to do, Casey. That means you need to do it. Anything that's hard for you to do, you should be doing it. <laughs> Lainey. Lainey. I mean, Lainey wants me to be calmer too, because poor thing works with me all the time every day. No, you gotta train your monkey mind. It is the key to it is the key to a good life. Yoga? Training monkey mind. Yeah. And I think about that all. I like, I actually, you, I mean, Casey, I think I like steal so much of your stuff. I'm sorry, but like, you know, I'll talk about the monkey mind too, or whatever. And it's so, I do find that it's just so much easier for me to tell somebody something like don't do hit every day. Like your cortisol levels are out of control. And I'm like, Oh and my God, what do you do? Every if day? I take this Dutch test, Casey would be like, yeah, uh, you are screwed. <laughs> You're probably due for one. We need to uh, link up on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, and, it, and you're right though, when you said it's ebbs and flows, right? It is a journey and um, it definitely can lead to burnout. Kind of like I, I do talk in my boundaries presentation that 
not setting boundaries basically is going to equal burnout. And it's a real burnout is a real thing. And I'll just go ahead and say this. It's nothing to be ashamed of. And there's no, um, there's no, uh, definition for what that is. So it doesn't, you know, I kind of find that, you know, sometimes I feel very burned out and I'm like, but why, like, why am I feeling? So I'm questioning why I feel this way to kind of justify and like basically tell myself there's no possible way that I could be burned out. Um, and it, it kind of has a negative connotation, but I think if we flip it, it's your body trying to tell you something. Yeah. Your body's so intelligent. And I I always say that symptoms are really like your body trying to talk. So your body doesn't speak English, right? It speaks in symptoms. So symptoms are really your body's way of intelligently telling you something is off and to pay attention, right? And sometimes the answers are really simple when you ask it what it's trying to tell you. It might be just that you're doing too many HIIT workouts or you're not drinking enough water, Um, or it could be deeper. You know, it could be like unresolved trauma or it could be that you need to change your job or you need to take a day off from work. You know, I mean, there's so many different things, but ultimately you are going to know the answer, but you have to tune into that and not ignore it. Yeah. And, and take the time, right? Take the time to be able to do that. So, um, and self-compassion is key to a healing journey. You have to build self-compassion, right? Like it doesn't matter how much work you have in your burnout, right? Like I've had times when I've been burnout that my workload really wasn't that much, but I still had to question like, you know, what is my life? Like how, how do I need to adjust? How do I need to course correct to make this more sustainable? Um, so letting go of the guilt and, you know, having more self-compassion, I think is so key. I just had the experience with this, with letting go of breastfeeding for me. It was like, I had so much guilt about it. Um, and I really had to meditate on like self-compassion of like, Casey, you did the best that you could, and it's just not sustainable for you right now in your life. And that's okay. You know, and really giving myself that reassurance and love, um, to know, like, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just what you're capable of right now. And that's okay. Um, cause ultimately a healthy mom is a healthy baby. And you can't so, pour from an empty cup. Yeah, you cannot pour from an empty cup. Exactly. And if you have guilt about that, then, you know, it's just going to put you backwards. Um, I, I just, you know, I say this to friends so many times, I, I just, and it, and it could be societal or it could just be women in general that we are our own worst critic by far. Yeah. But there's so many, re- yeah. I mean, it, but there's so many reasons on a societal level, like we could go really deep into this, but like, I mean, women really haven't been like working for that long. Yeah. In comparison to everything else. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden we're expected to do it all. We're expected to be the partner we're supposed to be, the mom we're supposed to be, the like business owner we're supposed to be. Um, And that's like not sustainable for us. Right. And that's again, why we're seeing a lot of this burnout and things. So yeah. And it's exhausting. What's that? And it's exhausting, you know, especially when you feel like you're expected to do it all, you know, and that you do have to take a step back, have some self-compassion, ask for help when it's needed, um, you know, whoever that may be. But I just still think that, you know, we, I really think women are such great business owners because we hold ourselves to really high standards and we can get a lot of shit done in a short amount of time because we have to. (laughs) You know, I don't hire, and I don't I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but 
I, I think we, I think that we have a lot of potential to move the needle and I'm very passionate, you know, people that listen know I'm the only female partner in this firm. And while I don't have children, I have five nephews, I have a husband, I have two dogs, I have parents, and this firm will never come in front of that ever. I don't, I don't want to have to have a life-changing event for me to realize that. And I preach that to team members that really want to work a lot and they make more sacrifices in my opinion than they should. I'm like, you don't want to have to have a life-changing event. Like somebody gets sick or you have some sort of trauma or tragedy to put that in perspective. You want to be able to put that in perspective now, but yeah, it's a grind. I do. I will say Lainey's generation And I think, you know, Laney's generation kind of gets picked on a little bit, but I don't think they're necessarily wrong in some of the things that they want when they come out of college, you know, that they don't eat. We're seeing in public accounting, people don't want to work 60 hours. And I'm like, I don't want to work 60 hours and I'm not going to work 60 hours to be successful. But working longer does not equal success, in my opinion. Your brain isn't meant to work like that. No, you pr- probably, our brains probably are not truly meant to work a full 40 hours a week, honestly. No, I think every day, I think the research supports like three hours a day for like intense concentration. Yeah. I mean, that's why everybody takes like, you know, ADD medication and because that's what makes their life more sustainable. I mean, if you're, you know, like my good friend that is a lawyer in New York city and she like has to take Adderall to work the level that she has to work at. It's not because she has ADD. Anybody's going to have ADD if they are forced to try to concentrate for 12 hours a day. That is impossible for our brains. Our brains do not work like they are computers that need to be unplugged and plugged back in. Right. Um, So anyway, it's kind of crazy that, you know, I mean, the ADD is a real thing, of course, and it is a real diagnosis. But I find even my husband was on, you know, Adderall when he was in college just because he was in engineering and like the level that he had to like concentrate all day and study and like he had to, to pass. Right. I mean, it's just insane what we, you know, expect from people in a work environment. Um, so Lainey, I'm glad your generation is getting on board with that. that I mean, they're trying They're I find that sometimes they probably are not heard or there's some pushback because I mean, if you think about it and we've all, probably always had this, but we really do. I'm kind of digressing, but we've got mm-hmm. a lot of different generations with a lot of different, um, upbringings, right. Or mentalities or mindsets in the workplace right now. Cause there's still baby boomers in the workplace that were kind of taught you get up, you go to work, you come home, you get up, you go to work, you come home. That's not what people want anymore, but it doesn't mean that they're not going to do a good job. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to have results from that. Well, I was going to say, I feel like my generation is kind of given this bad rap for being lazy, but I feel like at least I see quality over quantity yeah. in terms of work. Like I would rather get like a solid, I mean, I'm here nine hours a day, but like, I'd rather get a solid nine hours of really quality work done than work a 12 hour day where I'm not doing anything productive for half of that time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I worked a full day at LSU Ag Center, I can't tell you how many hours were wasted. I mean, I like didn't have the capacity, right? Mm-hmm. Now that I have my own business, I probably work a solid four hour day. <laughs> right. I mean, I set my life up that way. Um, and I'm really efficient during that time. I shell out content. I support my clients. I do every, I time block everything, but I mean, I get my best work done when I'm really focused and I can only focus truly for like that kind of period of time. Right. And like, of course, in the evening I'm texting, you know, I'm, do, I'm working, but 
Like not really, you know what I well, mean? So- I, I, yeah. I think you're talking about like, in like, looking at your clients, like the, the stuff that takes an intense amount of work. Right. And that's also why, you know, truthfully, and we've, you know, as a firm, we've, we're, we're, we're attempting to move away from people working a lot of overtime. I mean, that's just kind of, that's been historically what people have done in accounting firms. It's not, not saying it's, you know, I didn't, I didn't create that, but it's kind of like, you just see people's productivity drop and then it's not, you know, then they have to like redo what they spent five hours doing because there was a lot of brain fog and stuff like that. But that we could talk about that on another oh, yeah. topic. I'm super, I'm super passionate about all that. But Casey, to respect your time, we are going to go ahead and wrap up. Okay. So such a pleasure, you guys. It was fun getting to chat with you. Yes. And thank, I'm so glad we reconnected. <laughs> so I, I know. I'm Casey, glad you found me on Instagram so you can I, actually see my content. Yeah. So <laughs> I was telling Casey before we started recording, I'm like just kind of scrolling through Facebook and you had, you, you did that, was that an eight week course that I enrolled in? Mm, and yeah. so there's a video on Facebook from Casey and I'm like, am I following her? And I go look and I'm like, I'm following her. Where has she been? Facebook algorithm. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> So did she y'all did know that if know. you say hormones or gut health on Instagram, they shadow ban you. That's what she, yeah. So, yeah. So she was like, well, Facebook kind of shadow bans me sometimes. Yeah. It's, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, it's annoying. It's annoying. Yeah. I mean, it's I annoying. get it. They have to like protect like people, you know, from like false health information. But I mean, I feel like if it's a licensed healthcare provider, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, there's so many hormone health coaches on there now. It's just like, and the stuff they say is just like, uh, like I cringe. I cringe. But. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, Casey. So you know, you've lived in Baton Rouge. When we worked together, you were in Texas. You're you now reside in Colorado, correct? Yeah, I'm in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, a little I mean, ski town. And when she's outside walking, and she's like getting my sunlight, I'm like, can I come? I want to go to steamboat. So, uh, no, but anyway, thought so, about moving back to Baton Rouge because our family's there and stuff, but I'm like, I will miss steamboat. I mean, we love it here. It's so beautiful. Do you um, have to move back to Baton Rouge? Because she knows no, you don't no, have no. weather like that. No, it's just that. like, since we've had Maisie, it's kind of yeah. like, oh, it'd be nice to be by family and stuff. But I mean, our quality of life here is just insane. And we're yeah. actually going to Costa Rica for a month on Tuesday. So that's exciting. That's super exciting. Just you and your hubby and Maisie? Yep. Yeah, we got Maisie a little passport. Aww. Is she, she's about six months? Am I yeah, right? she'll be six months on the 15th of next month. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a whole other topic we could cover about like being a mom and navigating your hormones and business and all of it. It's a, it's an interesting it's just crazy how society really expects you to be able to do it all. And there's always a shoe that's going to drop. Yes. It, it And that's just the reality. And I think the self-compassion, that's where that comes into play, you know? So, okay. So listeners check Casey out. She's got great content on Instagram. Reach out to her to set up a call if you're interested. I mean, personal experience for me, I worked with Casey, I think for maybe six months, what the first time. And then she was like, I was like, I feel pretty good. And Casey is super, by the way, just Casey's super good about kind of letting you go. Like, okay, I, you can work with me, but if you feel good. And then the next year I got, I think it was after 4th of July. I was like, yeah, are you taking new clients? I'm like feeling out of whack here. So personal experience. We all need to su- have support. I mean, that's just yeah. so key to our quality of life. Right. Yeah. It makes you feel less like a loony tune. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you're not expected to, like, you're really good at being a CPA. You don't know about you know, the intricacies of functional medicine and you're not expected to, you know, you got to delegate that stuff in your life. 
Yeah, true. So check her out on Instagram. Thank you so much, Casey. And we hope our listeners have a great week. Bye.